0: Aka Patters, thank you for joining me. I am Peter A. DeLuca, your horror host for the month of October. This is get ready for the 31 days of dread, day 19, Beetlejuice. So, for the if if you're new here, let me tell you, let me tell you a little something. For the month of October, we profile one horror movie a day for the entire month of October, and this this movie special just because it's it's like loaded. It's just loaded, like Bo Welsh. If you don't know who Bo Welsh is, come on. Anyway, let's get through that intro, and I'll tell you all about Bo. All right, everyone. Before we get into something spooky, let me sell you something. Trial by Fire It's my comic book available right now on Indiegogo. Link in the description. And I will see you on the printed page. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Everyone, everyone, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So yeah, I'm kinda happy I, I bumped uh the, the original movie. The original movie for this was Adam's Family's Values. And, that, and that's because originally <laughs> when I programmed out this month, uh I was I was grabbing a straws and, and that was like the closest one. I, I forgot. I, for, I really, there's so many things I forgot about this movie. Number one, I forgot how good it is. Number two, I forgot how weird it is. Number two, I forgot how funny it is. And number three, I, I couldn't crystallize where exactly this movie was in the career of our director, Tim Burton, and the career of one of our co-stars, because it, this is mostly a Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin movie, but we want to talk about Michael Keaton you know, the future Dark Knight, the first full big screen Dark Knight to ever walk into a cinema. Like, we want to discuss that. And then we have these these other elements. We have Danny Elfman, who does the music. If you ever hear The Simpsons, like, Danny Elfman did the theme for The Simpsons. Uh, you, you cannot deny, it's been on TV for 30-something years, you cannot deny the greatness of Danny Elfman. I'm a big fan of his real steel uh score. Okay. So so people might be like they 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 always go through the the, the typical basic stuff with Danny Elfman. I go to real steel because real steel is like his best Jerry Goldsmith impression. Oh my god, we're talking there's so much inside baseball here <laughs> All right. And and we have guys like Bo Welsh. Bo Welsh is the 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 greatest production designer in the history of Movies, okay. He became uh, a voice, a um, a uh, a force of nature in the '90s, and I, you know, like it, the '90s was everything, okay, especially for me. But the '90s was everything because we had like it, it was. Before we got postmodern with everything, before everything became like a reboot, a sequel, and, and all these other things, the '90s was like the last run of nothing but original ideas being poured into the zeitgeist, the culture, the lexicon, the what have you. Okay, he 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 was one of these guys, and then then we have Tim Burton, and Tim Burton, like holy crap! I don't know if there's a director. That has made more money. Maybe outside of Michael Bay. Uh, And I would say Michael Bay made more. But if you go through Michael Bay's. Like first three movies. uh, Bad Boys. I'm pretty sure it's Bad Boys, Armageddon, and The Rock. Okay. Tim Burton. It's Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman. Those two guys. Their first three studio movies. I don't know if there's anyone else. That has made more money. For the first three movies ever okay and this does include Steven Spielberg because Steven Spielberg had draws and he but he also had like Sugar Lane Express and then he had close encounters those those first three really weren't there Lucas you know you can say Lucas but okay American Graffiti Star Wars but we have THX 1138 so like like you follow me it's I'm just talking about the green the cabbage Tim Burton. Warner Brothers must have completely loved Tim Burton from 85 to 89, those four years, okay, that he was on the Warner set or, or lot, it, it, he must have been worshipped. I mean, it, it, he must have had uh, a building made out of, uh, well, it's Warner Brothers, so we'll say 24 karat pun on Bugs Bunny building but anyway so what what exactly is this movie well number one Beetlejuice makes no complete sense (laughs) it doesn't this movie the logic within this movie and the rules being established are they're they're too broad they're not exact and the the plot moves things along to the point that we we make assumptions and we go along with it now the mastery of the filmmaking. We're we're talking everything, everything fires on all cylinders when it comes to Beetlejuice. Everything that this the this movie excites me because it's almost like a Bill and Ted's great adventure where you're watching it and you and you're not sure how it got made, like who who read this, who saw it, who greenlit it, what were the expectations, like, what are we really doing here, um, you know, like, this is, uh, you know, like, it's another example of, like, trickle down, meaning other movies were so big for Warner Brothers, that they, they had, like, this, this pot, and it's like, hey, we, we have a little bit of money to throw into some of these other movies, these other projects, and Beetlejuice was just one of those, projects it, it it's it, it, the movie's too abstract for today which is why it resonates which is why it's it's like still like it's just like still and and i don't know <laughs> i just i get so crazy uh trying to design like a path of conversation when it comes to the same as bill and ted's but yeah but it's it's another good example When people say studios don't want to make experimental, don't want to make big movies, don't want to make this and don't want to make that. No, okay? See, part of the 31 Days of Dread is it's a study on what the little guy can do on what you can do with minimum money. Sometimes what you can do with zero money. And then it's also, you know, like we take that thought further into when one of those small ideas It bleeds into a, you know, like a generation of filmmakers. And then these filmmakers grow up to run the film studios and to become the executives and and the agents. And they get involved and they they go back to what they love as a kid and they they update it. And that's really the process. And sometimes the process is through an Excel spreadsheet. Sometimes it's by the number. Sometimes people see an opportunity and they're like, well, you know, maybe we can update the the slasher. What do we got? We got Scream. Okay, uh, what's the spin? Oh, sounds good. Let's go. You know, and sometimes stuff happens like that. Uh, it's not always uh, for like the greater good or for creativity. We forget. We always forget. And, and I have to remind everyone on this podcast. Great movies are accidents. They're 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 fumbles the the uh the way the path okay the industry is you make things that are doable you make things that are workable you make enough of them you stay in business you can't you cannot thrive on like mediocre movies uh because you still need like you need distribution you need people willing to see these movies you need markets you get markets by making stuff good now if you design a process where most of your movies are are decent, then every once in a while you're going to get something that just shatters the glass, and Beetlejuice is that now. And but Tim Burton was also on a huge run here, so we have like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, we have Beetlejuice, we have Batman, nineteen ninety. Okay, now we're getting into the nineties. We're talking Edward Scissorhands. We're talking Batman Returns. We're talking his second best movie because because I, <laughs> I love Big Fish, I really do. But we're in '94 we have Ed Wood, and then in '96 we have like potentially the first like misfire, which is Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks has resonated and risen. I always like that movie because it's just so again bizarre and crazy. Jack Nicholson playing a hundred roles in that is is fantastic, and. Yeah, it's great to see the resurgence right now for Mars Attacks. But in 1999, we have probably the best and the biggest experimental year, uh, you know, since like the, uh, I think, 1936. 1936 and and 1999 are like the two biggest progressive years when it comes to movies. People are like, Pete, what are you talking about the 70s? Uh, Yeah, like 70 filmmaking, guess what, isn't really resonating right now. Yeah, that's controversial. So, hey, that, that that's why we all listen to A.K.A. Pads Audio Audacity. We want the controversy. So, in 1999, we have Sleepy Hollow. Holy crap, this movie holds up today. It's fantastic. It's incredible. It's a great Halloween movie. It, it, it's, everything's about Sleepy Hollow. It's ready to go. 2001, we have, like, the first official, like, disaster, bomb, misery for Tim Burton. So he started in 85. We're already at 2001. Do the arithmetic. This guy has had a hell of a run. But we're talking Planet of the Apes. The Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. People love to shit. I, mean, I don't like to curse a lot on here. But people love to shit on the 2001 Planet of the Apes. I like that movie. It holds up. Whatever. It's fun to watch. I'm not sure what's what the hubbub is, bub. 2003, we have my favorite Tim Burton movie, Big Fish. And in 2005, we have this um, like update, uh, reintroduction of Nightmare Before Christmas. By 2005, Nightmare Before Christmas, which was also a Burton project, not directed, but yeah, you know, um, we have Corpse Bride. People wanted this so hardcore to be another NBX. It didn't get to that level. It's not resonating on that level now. And then we also, in 2005, we have another big budget misfire, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I don't, again, I don't mind that movie at all either. I'd love the beginning, but that um there's like a chocolate conveyor. It's just so cool. And then we have 2007, which probably is, oh my, like Sweeney Todd okay, the the demon barber of Fleet Street, I'm not sure how there weren't Oscars, big nominations, a big run, everything surrounding Sweeney Todd, 2007, so we have, we have these, like, like, almost like a Johnny Depp horror trilogy, we we have, like, Edward Scissorhands, Sweeney Todd, and, um, And Sleepy Hollow, I'm sorry. So it's Sleepy Hollow, Edward Scissorhands, and Sweeney Todd. How amazing is that? So 2010, 2010. he's he's finally, he's finally, look, look, you got to work your way around town. But 2010, he's finally with Walt Disney. And he, this is a part of this rise in Disney, you know, to where they're realizing live action interpretations of their animated classics are doing something. 2010, he does Alice in Wonderland. I can't tell you how many times people were scrolling through my Disney Plus and they selected Alice in Wonderland. At least four separate people, four separate times, select Alice in Wonderland in 2010. And then in 2012, we have another Misfire animation, black and white, and not animation. Frank and Weenie was Tim Burton's short film. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but, you know, it's not resonating already, whatever. Uh, I just think eventually, well, just off of title alone. And then we have Dark Shadows, 2010. That's a studio movie. I mean, you know, Tim Burton is still, he always says he's a studio guy. He takes assignments, which is, again, shows you how powerful he is as a creative force. 2014, we have a movie called Big Eyes. Now, this is on my list for another reason. Big Eyes is on the list for my uh, artist movies. It's a movie about an artist. It's on my list. I've been wanting to do a week's worth of artist movies that might follow the 31 Days of Dread for November. And then we have, uh, I don't know, he, he Miss Peregrine's Home of Particular Children. I I can't even tell you anything about that movie. And in 2019, we have Dumbo. Uh, I watched a chunk of Dumbo on Disney+. Plus. Uh, yeah, uh, working my way through it, um, kind of forgot I was watching it, which is a bad sign, but haven't finished it, can't say much. Look, I can watch Frank and Weenie and Dumbo and, like, report back, but that's relatively the career of Tim Burton. Now, we will. We can easily say, look, his his last, oh, my God, like, I don't, I'm not even sure, like, 2010, like, Alice in Wonderland brought him back. You know, like that movie was big enough to to bring a sequel. Okay, so since twenty ten, maybe it's it's been a little bit since we've had a Tim Burton movie. But then again, uh, people age. <laughs> and look, look, let's talk about Bob Welsh real quick. Lost Boys, Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters two, Edward Scissorhands, Joe versus the volcano. That's right. Grand Canyon, Robert Altman, Batman Returns, Wolf. Little Princess nominations, uh, and Oscar, The Birdcage, 96, and nominations, uh, did he win, uh, no, he was nominated, Men in Black nominated, Primary Colors, Wild West, Men in Black 2, <laughs> Thor, uh, you know, Men in Black, they brought him back for Men in Black 3, so, like, as a production designer, this dude's rock and rolling production designers also too like they work by assignment he fell into that Burton like vein crevice canyon but at the same time thrived in it same as Danny Elfman now real quick we gotta go through Michael Keaton going into Beetlejuice Michael Keaton had like a really a great run And I want to say the the Burden collaboration somewhat derailed Michael Keaton's career. But Michael Keaton also was a comedy actor that no one knew what to do with. After uh, Batman, no one knew what to do with him. But look, we're talking Night Shift, Johnny Dangerously, Gung Ho, The Squeeze, She's Having a Baby, Then We're at Beetlejuice, Clean and Sober, Underrated Drug Addiction Movie, The Dream Team, Underrated. Batman okay and here we go we have he tries to go into he tries to broaden his reach Pacific Heights one good cop and then he's back for Batman Returns 94 he's in a movie called The Paper Ron Howard movie fantastic movie that's one of my favorite Ron Howard movies and then at that point they they go big with him 96 he's back with comedy because it's been a while now Multiplicity my sister loves that movie and then from '97 down, we really don't get anything until Birdman. <laughs> but okay, everyone, um, I, I can keep going. Beetlejuice—it's it's a special classic. I'm so happy that it got included with this year's 31 Days of Dread, just because uh, there was so much I was reminded of. You know, like it was almost enlightening watching this movie. I'm probably going to watch it again after this. Uh, I'm going to watch it between everything. So, tomorrow, day 20, we're doing uh, Black Exploitation movies. We're doing Blackula, and then we're doing Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Both of those movies, there's so much to discuss. We're going to get into it. Get ready for Blackula tomorrow. Rock and roll, and thanks for hanging out with me. Quick announcement. Quick announcement. So, this episode is dedicated to my father, R.I.P. Tony DeLuca, Tony Ironfeet. We love you and we miss you every single day.